Slayer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Are stress and anxiety interfering with your happiness? Have you been considering seeing a therapist but not sure where to start? BetterHelp will assess your counseling needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so you can start getting the support you need online in under 24 hours. And Anxiety Slayer listeners get a special 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sivier. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and often answer listener questions from our inbox and private Facebook group. Together, we share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. And this week, we're talking about how you can calm anxiety during the coronavirus lockdown. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shen. So good to be together with you again. Even though we're in this lockdown, you and I are continuing our connection, and we're not locked down. We can continue to record Anxiety Slayer podcasts and do our thing. I'm so grateful. Me too. In, in that regard, life is the same as it has been for the last 10 years. Yeah. I'm grateful for that too. I think it would be helpful for us to kind of talk about how we're doing during this lockdown. Uh, you in the UK, me in the USA, what we're doing and what's happening. Yeah, it's interesting. I've been asking questions of, of friends and you and I have had some, what I've found to be really interesting conversations around this, that even though we're quite reclusive, and we're carrying on doing the same thing for myself. My day-to-day life isn't that much different, and yet it is. I mean, I'm at home working a lot, usually working from home, and very happy in my own little cave. Yet I do love to go out and meet people, meet friends for walks, meet friends for a cup of tea. And um, something I really enjoy that I am missing is going out to work in a coffee shop here and there. If I feel too isolated, then I'll go and move where there are other people. And I love to read in a tea or coffee shop and I get quite inspired there to write and create content. So that's unusual that it's not there when you'd like it. But um, I think really for me, what's changed is the atmosphere. You can really feel in the air some uh, soberness. As we said last week, there's a a kind of a subdued atmosphere in the air. Um, People getting on and trying to cope as best they can. And for many people, life has really changed drastically. Yeah, it really has. When I look around the the neighborhood and I'm really blessed to have some fantastic neighbors, we have all kinds of different stories happening within our families. And very much like you, my business life hasn't changed much. I've worked out of my house now for 13 years. And so I'm continuing to work as work is available. Most of my clients are continuing forward as well. And so that part hasn't affected me too much. My husband is now working from home and I'm very grateful for him. And that's a challenge. He very much likes to separate, as I say, separate church and state and have the camaraderie with his coworkers and being at his place of business. So that's been a a bit of a challenge for him. Mm. And uh, my neighbors are also in a similar position. And it's just so funny that my husband and, and my neighbor, Janae's husband, they, uh, 
will spend time talking over the fence, keeping their distance, talking. They'll, they'll walk together down to the local pub where they do a, a delivery of food or uh, a to-go pint of beer. <laughs> and they'll take their backpacks and, and walk down the street six feet apart and have a conversation and pick up their food and walk home. And that for them is really important that they're getting you know some sort of connection mm. and then our neighbors across the way are the person who who earns the most for the family is out of work completely because his work involves uh being out in the world in big settings at group functions doing video work and things like that so he's just boom out of out of work and that's very very stressful however he's keeping his chin up and doing what he knows to do and and they're very supported they're lucky in that way mm. and, and and the stories continue you know we have neighbors who, uh, on the other side of us who are who seem to be ready for anything <laughs> and so as we all compare notes and and look after each other because we've been doing that too and i mentioned last week making a, a cake and giving half to the neighbors and then the, you know neighbors dropping a stick of butter off and leaving it outside and uh, collecting spring water and sharing and just touching base uh, and, and supporting one another. Yeah, and, th- and these are the really sweet moments, aren't they? And it calls to mind for me the fact that we're little spoiled or very spoiled in, in the West. Yeah. We used to being able to go to the store and get whatever we need. And I was talking to my neighbor. We had a really sunny day uh, over the weekend, so a lot of our neighbors were outside. And I was just chatting to my neighbor and we were asking each other, can you get what you need? And I said, yeah, pretty much. Uh, flour's hard. I can't, I can't get a bag of flour. Like to make our own bread. Can't get flour anywhere. Wow. Anyway, she just said, oh, I have some flour in the cupboard. And she just came out with a, you know, a carrier bag with a few bags of flour. And so I was so grateful to receive that. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, well, you know, we go to the store and grab a bag of flour and put it in the car. And I always try and remain grateful and, and not take things for granted yet still these things have been so easily available to us so I think mm-hmm. you know those little things as you said sharing some butter or a cake or something with a neighbor me receiving some flour they're very sweet sweet moments mm-hmm. um, that really remind us to be grateful for those those little things I think it also is important to share how weird it is when you do go out into the world you and I both just had strange experiences going to the grocery store and the humor there is just you know thinking of both of us doing our very best to to stay safe and I'll start with my short little story my husband has graciously been the person who shopped for us during this time but yesterday after going to four different stores and not finding any toilet paper I was on a mission to get some and I needed to get some spring water anyway. So I was going to a little area where I thought, oh, hey, this is a remote place. Maybe they'll have something. And I have my bandana and my hair ties made into a mask. And hopped in a gas station. And I didn't wear it there because they had the doors wide open. There were no cars in the parking lot. And there was only one person working. And I was in and out under two minutes because they didn't have any toilet paper. But in that under two minutes, I could feel this sense of discomfort rising in my chest and in that, oh, you know, I should have just worn the mask. Even though, even though I didn't really have 
too much interaction. Uh, the woman behind the counter that was trying to be helpful and, and show me where the toilet paper lived, if it was there, I felt like she got too close to me and I, that made me uncomfortable. It felt like she wasn't really concerned. She didn't have a mask or gloves or anything. And I thought, oh, look at, I'm judging this situation in this way. I was so grateful to get back to the car, Nanga. I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. like I made it. Went to the second store, put my mask on. Totally different experience. Every single person in that store, and there weren't very many, mostly just people who were working there, was wearing a mask or a bandana or something. And it still felt so weird to be wearing this thing. And then you get warm and you're already a little bit anxious anyway, because you don't really want to be there, but you're grateful that you can get, or that you might be able to get what you need. And then checking out, I've finally just talked to the cashier. I said, this is so weird. Isn't this weird? (laughs) (laughs) Ah. And we, we had a little bit of a laugh and checked out and got out to the car and took my mask off and got the you know, groceries inside, whatever, put my antibacterial lotion on. And I just felt like so relieved to have it over with. Yeah. And it felt like this thing that we take for granted that yeah. we can just drive to the store, go in, get what we need, check out, have a laugh, whatever, go home. Every, everything's changed. Yeah. I just nip in and get what you need and run errands. It was a big ordeal. And yours was even even more to- <laughs> I tell you when I came home I was done all right go ahead <laughs> <laughs> I was so done so I, had, I I tried to order some online groceries um and in the UK most of our online delivery services they're just all shut down the websites are shut down and I felt so triumphant I got this slot like 10 days ahead for some delivery yesterday afternoon and I I felt like I conquered internet online grocery shopping (laughs) telling everyone I've got a slot for the 6th 6th of April but on the morning of that delivery I got this list come through from email of all the things I wouldn't be receiving and unfortunately many of them were staples that I really needed so I had to go to the local store it's a fairly small town area where I live it's not like London or Birmingham or a big city area it's not you know super high population but it's a bigger store and uh, I just knew I could hopefully get everything there. So uh, I decided to borrow my daughter's mask. She's um, an artist, so she uses some spray varnish sometimes. She's also a silversmith, so she has these masks which have got really good filtration. So I uh, borrowed her mask, and it's got like a rubber seal around the edge, and it really covers your chin and your, your uh, nose, but it's a man-sized mask. So on my head, it's coming up and pushing my glasses halfway up over my eyes. And it's like, (laughs) it was a whole thing just trying to get it on and not look completely crazy. I got to the store. I'm already hot. And you have to queue outside, long queue of people waiting to go in two meters apart. And I can see people are really anxious. Right. And up until that point, I was kind of just being practical and fairly good humored about it. But when I see people in anxiety, it really affects my mind and I become very aware of that fragility of the mind and you know you feel like people are on the verge of freaking out and of course you pick it up yeah when you're empathetic to others and you know we have this contagious nature of the mind anyway where we do pick up each other's moods so I'm in the queue going in the security guys on the door 
So I got in and gratefully got what I needed. But as I was about halfway around the store, I was too hot. I had a, a coat on. I was too hot. The mask was hot. And as much as it's filtering out what you don't want to come in, also the airflow in it was really reduced and I was feeling quite short of breath. And I also became aware that I'm not yet fully recovered from being ill myself and I was a little overexerted. So I could hear this dialogue in my mind, you know, I really don't like this. I really don't like it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not helpful. Let's just stay in, uh, in gratitude and, and get out. I managed to get a bag of pasta halfway around and had a celebration with another woman because that's very hard to get here. <laughs> pasta, wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Anyway, by the time I got to the checkout, I was really done. I was tired. I was hot. I was short of breath. And my periphery vision was rubbish with this huge mask. So just as I was getting to the, to the checkout and thinking, okay, just pay and get in the car and get home, then you can relax. I <laughs> got to the till and I tripped over this trolley where they store the hand baskets. It's like this low down thing on wheels about yeah. eight inches off the ground where they stack the hand baskets. I just couldn't see it out the bottom left of my vision. So I'm not sure if I tripped over it or stuck my foot through the middle of it. Whatever happened, it was loud and it involved me losing my balance and going through a security barrier and setting an alarm off. <laughs> I didn't fall completely over, but I was kind of tap dancing around. And, oh my goodness. Anyway, got the groceries, got home and, you know, straight in the shower. Right wash everything, wash the door handles and very high maintenance. And I think, you know, to try and keep some humor and understanding that right now those things are concerning because those of us who go out to gather groceries, we're trying not to bring anything home that's going to affect our loved ones. Right. I suspect that my daughter and I have had the COVID-19 virus. I strongly suspect she has, but we haven't been tested. Yeah. Whatever we had was very unpleasant and we're still recovering. So if it wasn't, I don't want to bring it home to her. So right. concerning. And that was enough for me yesterday, going and getting that done. And it was a lot. Yeah, it's enough. And I think why we're sharing our funny little stories <laughs> is to just say to everyone in our community, it's a lot. Everything's become quite high maintenance and quite concerning, and we can only do the best we can with it. It's a very strange time. It really is. And that's, we need to be really mindful, very careful not to pile on, not to let everything pile up and, and, and take us out one thing at a time, one task at a time. I don't see myself going to the grocery store anytime soon, ever, ever. <laughs> I don't mean <laughs> ever, eat but, nettles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anytime soon, because I will allow myself to recover from that experience going. Yeah. And I feel for the, the workers who are the cashiers and, and yeah. the people who are stocking the shelves and you know, just the, the grocery people alone, not even to get involved in conversations about nurses and doctors and yeah. you know, all of the people that are out there. And, and so for the rest of us who are sheltering or who are, uh, you know, in this place of being locked down to give them as much gratitude as possible absolutely to allow ourselves to just do the best we can with where we're at and what's going on please 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 avoid media overload i've taken a 
big break from the media since our last podcast, and I feel so much better having done so. I'm still aware of what's going on, but I'm not tied to the day-to-day death toll and yeah, and this problem and that yeah. politic and that you know all of that stuff. It's like no, 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 no. Right now, it's about keeping good company. It's about peer support. It's about uplifting books and people who inspire us and and podcasts like ours and connection and all of the things that lift us up that's what we need right now and humor and to be able to laugh about tripping over the cart (laughs) i didn't even mention that i dropped several items that i was carrying in in the store all over the floor i didn't even have time to feel embarrassed i just wanted to get the hell out of there yeah, same. I was so I was so relieved to get back to the car. And, you know, yeah, and I felt that you know about halfway around I could have cried. Yeah, I think it's seeing everyone. You know, there's elderly people trying to get what they need. The mood was nice. Nobody was grabbing or taking right. more than what they needed. I have to say, the mood was nice. People were thoughtful, but they were scared. Sure. You know, you're seeing a lot of the whites of people's eyes, and I was just aware that it wouldn't take much to, to tip anyone in that store over the edge. Yeah, we're all very fragile right now. Yeah, and as we've discussed before many times, the mind is fragile anyway. Mm-hmm. And when we look at Ayurveda, India's ancient science of life, and the vata type that's prone to anxiety, when vata goes in the mind, it looks for all those things that we've missed. And I think this is really important to just briefly cover this, that vata will tell you that you've touched your car keys and they're not clean. It will tell you that you've, you've not cleaned a door handle or, you know, Vata Shan, as we were saying before, when you went in the gas station to try and get toilet paper, it's the Vata that will say to you, I was only in there two minutes, but what if? Right. Vata will go to the cracks in our mind. It goes to the fear in our mind. It's Vata that looks for what's wrong. It's very hypervigilant. So if you're feeling like that and you're already suffering with anxiety, that's normal. It's not nice. It's not comfortable. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. That's normal. So we have to be really motherly to the vata mind and to the disturbed mind. And we need to slow down and we need to soften up. Yes. It is what it is. What we're going through now, it will pass, but we don't know when. So we're living with uncertainty. We're living with anxiety about our loved ones, about our well-being. So really important to keep away from the media and instead to keep informed, to go to people who know how to handle this kind of thing. Last week I learned from a mother, I just read an article online and it just caught my eye and it was something like a mother's story who, who already knows what it is to live in lockdown. Like, okay, what can I learn from her? And it was great. It was really helpful. This beautiful woman was sharing that when she had a baby, he was born with a serious immune disease, and they had to keep him in a really sterile, safe environment. And she was in hospital in that sterile environment for three months, and then for a further year at home. So she said her family's already prepped for this because they've done it before. Right. One thing I'd like to share with our audience, which was helpful to me, was once you're set up, in your home, you don't need to be so hypervigilant. Once you've got your surfaces clean and your bathing arranged, she said you become in your own kind of sterile little bubble. You're isolated in your own 
safe space. Mm-hmm. Nothing's coming in or out the home. Yes, we've we've got to have our way of bringing groceries in and out. And however, we choose to handle that. Again, with some humor in our house, our hallways nicknamed the decontamination chamber. Actually, I think I might have got that from her also. They had this designated area where groceries and shoes and everything went, and it didn't come any further into the house until it was unpacked. We've done the same thing in our mudroom. Right. Yeah. Everything, stay, everything stays out there until it's wiped down and, and brought in. And if items aren't needed immediately, they just stay out there right. until they're needed. Yeah, I left some things in the car, but I left my mask in the car because I don't right. want to come in and put it somewhere indoors necessarily. Right. But I also don't want to live in fear. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to be in the car again for a week or two, so it can just stay in here. Right. And then if there's something on it by then, it's gone. It's gone. So yeah, learning from people like her who've lived this before, and imagine the anxiety of a child that's, you know, you cannot let any germ near that child right. or their life's at stake. So she really knew. And I think instead of looking at the media and the, and the awful statistics and the fear-mongering that goes with that and the conspiracy theories and the fake news that comes around that where you think, oh, I just don't know what to believe or what to do, looking at people who've lived it and do know what to do, sensible, smart, kind people who've been through it, that was really helpful. When we get back from our quick break, we'll talk about the healing power of a daily routine while you're in lockdown. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Are stress and anxiety interfering with your happiness and preventing you from living your best life? There have been a few times in my life where I've needed some extra support and wish I'd had an option for online counseling. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. To be clear, BetterHelp is not a crisis line, it's not self help, it is a professional counseling service done securely online, and their service is available for clients worldwide. You get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. It's more affordable than traditional in-person counseling, and financial aid is available. You can start living a happier life today. And we do have a special offer for Anxiety Slayer listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. Before the break, we were going to uh, jump into the healing power of a daily routine while in lockdown. Yeah, I think this is something that's been really helpful in my uh, learning from Ayurveda, one of the primary healing practices of Ayurveda is a daily routine. It's called Dinacharya, daily routine. And it's considered really foundational in self-care, health, being proactive about your health, and also peace of mind. It's one of the real fundamental practices of Ayurveda. And I think it's really helpful to bring these kinds of teachings into our day. For my mind, it banishes fear when I know I have a routine in place where I'm looking after myself and I'm being proactive about my health and my mental well-being, it just kicks fear out of my mind when you think, okay, I'm doing these things and really doing the best I can. So Ayurveda teaches a few simple practices which are really helpful for good immunity, good hygiene, 
And it's nice to bring those into your day because at this time, we're all going to have to bring in new routine. Even Shan, you know, although we've shared that our working day hasn't changed that much, still the atmosphere is very much changed. For me, things do feel different. Right. So I've, I've gone deeper into practices that I know bring me peace of mind. So in Ayurveda, when you get up in the morning, just some simple things you can do. The first thing that's recommended is that you clean your tongue. The tongue becomes an accumulative site of toxic material, waste material overnight. So in traditional Ayurveda, you use a, a tongue scraper, which is made of copper, but you can use a teaspoon. You just scrape your tongue gently from the back to the front a few times and wash your mouth, wash your face, and then you go about your normal personal hygiene routine that you would have in the mornings. But when you clean your tongue first thing, it clears off that toxic matter. It also stimulates the action of the body to pass first thing in the morning. So it's considered a really helpful thing to do for cleansing. So simple just to add that in. Mm -hmm. And then you come to some meditation, some prayer, some positive thought, and always Ayurveda recommends some breathing practices first thing in the morning. And you can look those up on our site. We have some pranayam breathing practices or just any guided breathing practice that really brings air and life into your lungs and sending goodwill to your lungs, particularly in this spring season for many of us in uh, the UK and in the USA. We're, we're stepping into spring now, so the lungs need extra loving care. But something I learned from Chun Yi Lin, who's a Qigong teacher, is that we should smile towards our inner organs, not have them be constricted and fearful. So every morning I'm going into my lounge and opening the door, stepping outside and just really opening my arms wide and just greeting the fresh air in the morning, sending good intention to my neighbors and friends and taking some big, deep breaths in. Really important to be very affirmative about our lungs and, and what's coming into them at this time. When we're anxious, we tend to constrict, we clench up. And if you look around you at people when you're out and about, you'll see a lot of people have really got their mouths very straight and terse at the moment. It's as if we're kind of afraid to breathe because mm -hmm. there's this thing out there that we're concerned about. But although we need to take the necessary precautions with masks or whatever we're advised to do when we're out, when we're home, we need to really be breathing in deeply when we go out for daily walks, just really go somewhere remote and breathe in that air and send good intention to your lungs. And I find that that very much helps my sense of well-being and has done for years. And at times like this, challenging times, I like to go really more active and go back to basics with that. And it's very easy to follow the routine and it feels so good. Before I even get out of bed, I go through gratitude in the morning. Grateful to be alive, grateful for another day, whatever is coming up, and then set myself up for the day ahead. And really allowing myself to slow down in the morning uh, versus jumping right into work or jumping right into something that, because my pitta brain wants to get, let's go. <laughs> and my kapha brain is, no, let's just kind of hang out, have a cup of tea and toast and listen to some music, have some aromatherapy and, and the kapha's winning right now. And I'm grateful for that. But also to just allow for 
whatever needs to happen, however I need to care for myself. Because what I've noticed over these last couple, three weeks is that every day is a little bit different. And what I mean by that is how I feel. Yeah. How I feel about myself, my family, the world. Um, some days are, are much more high energy and uplifting. Other days I feel like I don't really want to get out of bed. Other days I feel like frustrated or, mm-hmm. or when's this going to be over with, or maybe a little bit claustrophobic. You know, it's just all over the place. To be honest, I've been a bit all over the place, but as soon as I start to practice, as soon as I do my breathing or my yoga or get outside or go fetch spring water or get back in gratitude, or as I mentioned to you before we got together today, I was in a two-week 14 days with Dr. Dane here, who we interviewed uh, about six months ago. And he made me smile every day and I learned something new every day. And I could look for the beauty underneath the experience that we're having now and just be like, okay, you know what? I don't have any expectations of myself right now other than to be sweet with myself and my family, to be available and generous with my neighbors to continue to show up and support our listeners and our community for Anxiety Slayer, and of course, you. And that's enough. Yeah. There's nothing else I need to be doing. There's no, as you mentioned uh, before, no shooting all over yourself. No, no, I should do this. I should do that. I should. No, that's not where we need to be right. We need to stay in gratitude. Absolutely, yeah. And again, the mind has this negativity bias. The mind will go to the things we miss, the things that are worrying us, the things we can't do, the things we don't have. Understand, sometimes the mind will try and drag us down. Sometimes the mind will tell us, oh, there's no point in showering till 2 p.m. because, you know, who's going to see me? We need to do the things that uplift us. Uh, Ayurveda teaches that bathing changes the quality of our environment. It lifts us into a better mental state. So to move the body, to bathe the body, to keep doing the things that you know help you feel good and to make a point of them, but without pressure. Mm -hmm. And to understand that there will be days where we just think, I don't even know how I feel today. I felt like that yesterday for a little while. I just didn't know quite what to do with myself. So we just sit and think, you know, how do I feel? What do I need? And maybe we just need to sit and do nothing for for half an hour and take stock. Maybe we feel sad. Maybe we've been triggered. We need to look at what's happening and how do we need to respond in compassion. Very powerful. Well, I'm grateful that we were able to come together again today and record this podcast. Hope that our listeners find lots of love and support and maybe a little laughter listening in. And I look forward to coming together with you again next week. Thanks so much, Ananga.